Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch Chop Retrofit. Guess who's got three and a half index fingers and working air conditioning? Your lovely wife, Michelle. We do. Oh, you're cutting this right. The two of you. This is not a First World Problems podcast. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 16 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Travintage Costumes. A.K.A. Queen Travictoria. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker. (laughs) And I am joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Chance and Chanceability, A.K.A. The Imitation Game, A.K.A. Sean with the Wind. (laughs) We are also extremely excited to welcome back to the show Chop Shop Regulator, Chelizabeth, The Golden Age. A.K.A. The Other Chelin Girl. A.K.A. Portrait of a Chelsea. (laughs) And we are thrilled to welcome back to the show, in her triumphant return, my lovely wife, Michelle Antoinette. Drink. A.K.A. (laughs) The Michelle in the Iron Mask. Drink. A.K.A. The Countess of Michelle Christo. Drink. (laughs) Further description of the show, the tagline at the top says, Watch Chop Retrofit. Because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. That's history, period. (laughs) And this is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. All right, so that brings us into our first segment which is movie news. And this is where we, throughout the week, try to pay attention to stories that are applicable to our show and that our listeners might find interesting. And unfortunately, we do have to start off with a couple of RIPs. The big one, South Carolina's own Chadwick Boseman, who was in 42, Get On Up, Black Panther, and Defy Bloods, has passed away after a four-year battle with colon cancer. Rest in peace and rest in power to him. Yep. And then also this week, we lost a previous guest and friend of the show, Tex Johnson. Uh, Tex was a huge wrestling fan and worked in the circuit in various forms for many years, following in the footsteps of his father. I reposted the wrestling movies episode that he was on on our social media. Good. Rest in peace and rest in power to Tex. He was a great guy. Uh, Next... HBO Max debunks rumors that the Snyder Cut will come out in September of 2021. So when's it going to come out? I hope never. Do they not have it? Is it like in a briefcase handcuffed to somebody's arm? Uh, New Jersey movie theaters get the green light to reopen. Whoopi Goldberg urges Disney to build a Wakanda park in memory of Chadwick Boseman. I think that's amazing. And it got me wondering if Whoopi Goldberg has ever done a Disney movie. It's worth looking into, Dana. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you, Dana. Uh, Denis Villeneuve expands the Lady Jessica role in his remake of Dune to make her more than an expensive extra. The original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air cast is reuniting for an HBO Max special. (laughs) Thoughts? Not a movie. (laughs) It's not a movie. You're right. Uh, Well, neither is this. AT&T ad actress... Milana Van Trubb pleads for online harassers to cease and desist. And she's such a sweetheart. Why is anybody harassing her? We've got two local LA area drive-ins that are among the top grossing theaters in the United States. Are they counting the Rose Bowl as one of them? I don't know. It's possible. Uh, The next one, this is uh, one that you threw to me. It's about Grizzly 2. Uh, Yeah, there was a 1976 movie called Grizzly that Uh was a campy horror attack flick yes and they shot a sequel that was never released until now until now and who's in it uh we've got george clooney laura dern and charlie sheen oh my god and the trailer is out grizzly blood the first degree this is one that uh chief corrections officer dana sent to us the first degree a long lost silent film discovered in an illinois basement 
1923 Midwestern murder mystery film that was thought to be lost forever, like many others, has been found in a basement in Illinois, thanks in part to the coronavirus pandemic. What? Yeah. Uh, she, Dana tweeted about this, so you can check out Chief Correction Officer Dana's Twitter for that. I believe it's Dana Might. Yes. At Dana Might. And what is that infernal ringing? <laughs> oh, it must be time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Oh, four. I mean five. I mean fire. <laughs> choppers so sean would you say that the towering inferno was a slow burn shersha huh it's sersha granted that was much closer than suarez douglas booth played nikki six in the dirt just in case travis wasn't taking the piss audrey hepburn wasn't british she was belgian all right i gotta run we're having a chili cook-off and i need some more for breeze it's going to be a big old Dutch oven up in her later. See ya. All right. Thank you for that, Dana. And I, I really just have to have to plea TMI. And that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this episode. And that brings us to the theme of the episode in a shameless attempt to get my lovely wife, Michelle, drink back on the podcast. We're talking about period dramas. It worked. He got me here. <laughs> yeah. I'm a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of our usual description of the uh, genre, because I think that most people understand what period dramas or historical dramas are, uh, we're going to go to an interview that you did this week with who? Uh, his name is Clinton Odell, and he is a costume designer and has done a, some uh, work on projects that you may have heard of. We'll go ahead and go to that right now. All right, Chop Shop listeners, I am pleased to introduce a special guest tonight. Um, he is a longtime friend of myself and my lovely wife, Allison. He is also a very talented costume designer and educator, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, please welcome to the show, Clinton Odell. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for uh, agreeing to do this embarrassing thing with us. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. For <laughs> Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Well, that was an awfully nice intro that you gave me. Thank you. I am a costume designer and I am an educator. Um, I teach uh, scene design and costume design, mostly for the stage. Um, and I do those things in practice, um, in theater and in film. Um, and I live in New England. Really what kind of triggered me to contact you and reach out to you, I learned that you did some work on the movie that just recently came out, finally, The New Mutants. <laughs> finally. Listeners of the show know that I've talked a lot about this when it was a Fox picture and then became a Disney picture and then coronavirus. And now it's finally seen the light of day. Uh, what exactly did you do on this film? So I was what we call an ager on the film, um, which means that I went in and made a lot of stuff um, look old and ratty and dirty. Okay. So, yeah. you, so the, the worn look. The worn look, yeah. I'm looking here at your IMDb page, and it seems that you've done that in a few other films and shows that we might have heard of. Uh, tell us about some of those. Uh, yeah, the the most recent thing that I did um, was some work on Nosferatu, the series on AMC. Uh, yeah, that's the one with uh, Zachary Quinto? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, um, that actually filmed in Rhode Island, where I live. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so it was great. Uh, nice commute. Excellent commute. Yeah, I did that. That was a lot of fun. I was in for um, quite a bit of season two. Okay. I, I had I went in for a little tiny sliver of season one, and then I guess I did okay because they asked me to come back for the second season. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I see that you worked on the recent Ghostbusters. This was the all female cast. Is that right? I did yeah. That was actually the first uh, movie that I did any kind of aging and distressing on. Um, oh, cool. So it was really uh, a trial by fire. Kind and of. you were a costumer on Black Mass. Is that right? I was. On Black Mass, I did. Um, so if you saw Black Mass, there were, it was, you know, crowd scene after crowd scene. And 
it spanned from the 1970s all the way up through the 2000s and they needed somebody to fit all of those background people in 70s and 80s clothes um, of course nobody's got to do it nobody has to do it the folks don't come in with that stuff out of their <laughs> they don't just show up dressed for the part <laughs> not in that not in that one so um i had a counterpart named uh taryn who was my partner in crime and she and i together fit hundreds of people in all of that period clothing so that's awesome yeah, um this week of course our episode is uh period dramas mm-hmm. and um i wanted to ask you as a costumer how do costumes contribute to making a period drama a good period drama i think they're really important obviously i think so because that's where my bread and butter is but um i think it really matters when when what you're looking at um, helps forward the story, helps fill in information, especially when it's a period that um, a contemporary audience might not know so much about. Um, right, exactly. Which leads me to my next question. You, know, How much research as a costume designer goes into something like that? An enormous amount, partly because we have to understand more than just the clothes of that, of that era. We have to understand all of this sort of social context around clothes at that point okay. um, because we need to know why people were wearing those things a lot of the time there's information that gets filled in that there's just not time for in the dialogue um, but we can fill you in on the background of a character or a place or a time right right a picture's worth a thousand words so research becomes really important because we're we're really filling in a lot of information that that the viewer is going to absorb whether they're conscious of it or not and that's going to impact how they receive the story that's being spoken. Very cool. Clinton, I'm not going to keep uh, keep uh, you away from your work. I know you're a very busy person. I wanted to thank you again for joining us on the show. And uh, we'll be sure to tell all of our friends about you and the work that you're doing. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks a lot, Clinton. You're welcome. All right. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Clinton, so much for taking the time to do that little segment for us. We really appreciate it, and uh, good luck in your future endeavors. That brings us to our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where we go around the panel, and we each talk about two movies that are within our subject at hand, and how they're related to each other, and why they would be a good pairing for a public showing, like a double feature. And Chelsea, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, I'm going to pair... 1999's Cruel Intentions mm-hmm. with 1989's Valmont. Okay, awesome. Um, they're both based on the same novel. Uh-huh. So th- they basically tell the same story, but they're totally different movies. Not just that they're set, one is modern, one is a period drama, but this, the way that the the writer wrote the script, they're totally different. Yeah, they're different compl- perspectives. Absolutely. And even a different perspective than... Uh, Dangerous Liaisons, which we'll talk about today as well. Yeah, I think Cruel Intentions and Dangerous Liaisons are pretty similar. Pretty similar, okay. I, um, being the novice that I am in this subject, I didn't even know that Cruel Intentions was the same story as the two of those other films. So that's pretty cool. Something I learned this week. Nice. Sean, what do you got? Um, I'm going to go with two coming-of-age movies, uh, both dealing with kind of forbidden fruit uh-huh uh 19 i'm sorry 2009's an education 1809 <laughs> uh written by lynn barber and nick hornby directed by lone Scherfig. Hmm. this stars carrie mulligan peter sarsgaard alfred molina well, that's a really good cast it's a great cast it's set in 1960 and it's about a working class family okay. uh whose daughter is trying to get into Oxford and she comes in contact with this very, very charming man who kind of sweeps her up into his adventurous world. And he's a silver-tongued devil. And not only does Carrie Mulligan's character kind of fall for him, but the parents are wooed as well. Interesting. And it's kind of neat because the, the education is, you know, if it looks too good to be true, it's probably not. And, uh, you know, just be careful what you wish for. You might come true, blah, blah, blah. So it's a really cool cautionary tale, but uh, everybody learns their lesson. It's not just Carrie. It's the parents, too. They kind of get swept up in this drama as well. And everybody knows that if you get the parents on your side, that's half the battle. Exactly. Uh, and not to mention the fact, that I guess, that, you know, 
the guy's twice Carrie's age in this oh, movie. So no. that's the forbidden that fruit there. So I'm pairing it with 2017's Call Me By Your Name, uh-huh. a very recent film set in the early 1980s. Army Hammer. Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. Anyway, um, you've got uh, 1980s Italy. The romance blossoms between a 17-year-old student and the older man hired as his father's research assistant. So again, uh, kind of that age gap as well as, uh, you know, the forbidden fruit. All right, that brings us to Michelle. What have you got for your double feature this week? For my double feature, I have Shakespeare in Love from 1998, directed by John Madden. And also I have Frida, directed by um, Julie Taymor, and that's 2002. I love both of those movies. I think that's an awesome pick. Um, For those who are not here in the room, Michelle's actually dressed as Frida Kahlo, complete with the mascara unibrow. All right, so it's down to me. Uh, my double feature is going to be two movies that I was very, very fond of as a kid, kind of growing up in the frontier slash wildernesses of Oregon and New Mexico. Uh, the first one is going to be Last of the Mohicans from 1992. It's got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by Michael Mann. Uh, the last members of a dying Native American tribe, the Mohicans. Uncas, played by Eric Schweig. His father, Chingachgook played by Russell Means, and his adopted half-white brother, Hawkeye, played by Daniel Day-Lewis, live in peace alongside British colonists. But when the daughters, Madeline Stowe and Jodie May, of a British colonel are kidnapped by a treacherous scout, traitorous scout, Hawkeye and Uncas must rescue them in the crossfire of a gruesome military conflict, the French and Indian War, of which they wanted no part. Then I'm going to pair that with another movie that is kind of set in the, the frontier area, era, um, but in the early 20th century in Montana. It's called Legends of the Fall from 1995. It's only got a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it should be higher. And uh, like we were talking about the other day, Rotten Tomatoes is not the Bible. It's not the <laughs> beat-all, end-all of well, we'll get into that later. movie criticism. <laughs> So, in early 20th century Montana, Colonel William Ludlow, played by Anthony Hopkins, lives in the wilderness with his sons, Tristan, played by Brad Pitt, Alfred, played by Aidan Quinn, and Samuel, played by Henry Thomas, who's also in Valmont. Uh, Eventually, the unconventional but close-knit family encounters a tragedy when Samuel is killed in World War I. Tristan and Alfred survive their tours of duty, but soon after they return home, both men fall for Samuel's gorgeous fiance, Susanna, played by Julia Ormond, and the intense rivalry begins to destroy the family. So, uh, pretty pretty front and center to uh, frontier slash wilderness American West period dramas that also can appeal to the men amongst our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm going recommends on both of mine. Uh, I'd recommend both mine. Oh, total recommends on mine. Michelle, do you recommend the two films for your double features? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, So that's a unanimous recommend all around for the Midnight Double Feature. That brings us to our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a film that is within our subject at hand, and then we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors who are at the the height of their their powers. powers. And the first movie we've already mentioned is from 1988. It's called Dangerous Liaisons. And it's got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by Stephen Frears. The Marquise de Mertuil, Glenn Close, and the Vicomte de Valmont, played by John Malkovich, display the petty jealousies and jaded lifestyle in France's royal court in the 18th century casually ruining the lives of the Marquise's young romantic rival, Uma Thurman, the music teacher, played by Keanu Reeves, for whom she secretly pines, and the upstanding Madame de Tourvelle, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. But when actual romantic feelings feelings begin to surface, the game takes on a much more treacherous air. Uh, What else? I mean, we mentioned Belmont earlier. Mm-hmm. Both of them are direct adaptations of the text, yes. unlike uh, Cruel Intentions. Intentions. And it's fun to watch them together because they both came out within an, a year of one another. Correct. And one is probably more uh, uh, faithful to the text and 
each has its own advantages over the other, I think. It's well worth watching both. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And uh, in preparation for this episode, we did go back and rewatch Dangerous Liaisons as well as watching, at least for me, the first time, Valmont. And I was very impressed. Oh, one other thing to add. Uh, Peter Capaldi plays uh, the attendant to uh, Valmont in this yes. movie, which everyone also, knows is Doctor Who. Also, at one point, the ghost from the train shows up in, in the movie Ghost. Do you remember the ghost from the train, the guy with the crooked nose? Yeah. He shows up in the in this as well. Oh, the actor who the actor, him. yes, no, the ghost from Ghost. <laughs> I, like, I don't remember there Patrick being a Swayze ghost. Shows up. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and go through the roles that we're recasting. We've got. The Marquise Isabelle de Murtuil, played by Glenn Close, probably saying that wrong. Uh, is it Kloss? Glenn Kloss? <laughs> <laughs> then we've got Vicomte Sebastian de Valmont, played by Jean Malkovich. We've got Madame Marie de Tourvel, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. We've got Cécile de Volange, played by Uma Thurmond. We've got Madame de Volange, played by Susie Kurtz. And Le Chevalier Raphael Dunsany, played by Keanu Reeves. And we're going to go ahead and get into it. Chelsea, who is your recast for the Glenn Close role? The Marquise. My actress was in Radioactive and Gone Girl. I went with uh, Rosamund Pike. Okay. All right. I can see it. I, I think that's a good choice. Sean? I went with an actress who was born in Paris, France, and incidentally. Um, she is 40 years old, and she can be that evil manipulator. And uh, <clears throat> that's kind of key for this role. She was in The Dreamers. She was in Sin City, A Dame uh-huh. to Kill For. She was in Casino Royale. Yes. But she was fantastic and Penny Dreadful. I went with Eva Green. Oh, she's great, dude. Eva Green. Yeah, she's <laughs> nice. She's fantastic. I love it. I see her as being just as sadistic as Annette Benning's version. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked her better than Glenn Close. I did too. Same. All right, Michelle? Well, I went with the actress who is 41. I went with Kristen Bale. Kristen Bale? No. Batman? Chris, no. Kristen Bell. <laughs> Kristen Bell. Okay. Kristen Bell is married uh, to Dax Shepard. Yes. Yeah. All right. Interesting. She's 41, and I could see her being pretty bitchy if she wanted to be. Well, if she was, if you were married to Dax Shepard, you'd be upset, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Don't mess with her sloths. For oh, real. She oh, will freak out. Of, Michelle's going to visit a petting zoo this weekend, and she's going to meet the sloth named Gertrude. Oh, sweet. Oh, that's so fun. Jealous. All right, my uh, Marquise is 38 now. Uh, she was in The Beguiled. She was in Melancholia, Marie Antoinette, mm-hmm. Drop Dead mm-hmm. Gorgeous, and Interview with a Vampire. Her name is Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. I'll buy it. Nice. And she's got a little, little bit of a historical drama she's acumen. She's got a little pedigree. Yep. Yeah. Next up, we've got John Malkovich's character, the Vicomte Valmont. Uh John Malkovich was 35, and Chelsea, who did you go for with this one? This one was hard. This one was really, really difficult, because he played this role so well. Mm-hmm. My actor's okay. Like, okay. He's all right. Uh, he was in 12 Years a Slave, 300. I don't really know any of these. Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Michael Fassbender. Okay. He <laughs> I can, will, I can he name will a come couple. up later. I know. <laughs> and Sean, who is your pick? Um, by the way, my entire cast is all European. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so is mine, by oh. accident. Oh, mine was intentional. That was one of the things about the film that kind of threw me off. Some actors were uh, European slash British, others were not. And, and the, same, like, the same goes for Valmont. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so this actor is 37 years old, and he is from London, England. Mm-hmm. He was in Ill Manners. If Beale Street Could Talk, mm-hmm. Alita, Battle Angel, and he was the uh, villain Ajax in the movie Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went with Ed Screen. Ed Screen is great, dude. He looks like a meaner um, Nicholas Holt. I agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Michelle, who is your pick for the Valmont character? I went with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah. As being John Malkovich or, well, the Viscount. Devalmont. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, I could totally see him being a cold, cool, cruel, you know, tempter. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the things that struck me about this movie and the other versions that we checked out is how 
insidiously evil these people are. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, because that was their entertainment. They had nothing yes. better to do. So they, they, were, they were well to do in society. Yes. They were the bored. internet hadn't been invented yeah. yet. <clears throat> My Valmont is 48 now. I aged him up a little bit. Uh, but I think he's going to do a bang-up job. He was in Borat, Talladega Nights, <laughs> The Dictator, The Brothers Grimsley. It's Sasha Baron Cohen. I like it. I, I like do, that too. Bit. I'm into it. <laughs> Next. <laughs> That's we, derisive laughter, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Next, we've got uh, Madame Marie de Torvel, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, and she is the um, the one who's kind of prudish, very um, what is the word? What is the word? Um, virtuous. Virtuous. Thank you. And mm. therefore, she's a perfect target for these cruel intentions. And so, who was your pick for the Michelle Pfeiffer character, Chelsea? Uh, my actress was in all the Harry Potter movies mm-hmm. and The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah. I went with Emma Watson. Emma Watson's good. All right. That's the one I've just picked. Uh uh-uh, no. So when it's that happens, you got to keep your poker face on and okay. then reveal it when it comes yeah. to <laughs> and Read out the, the obscure uh, castings. It'll Sean, who's your pick? <laughs> okay, so I went with a 31 year old actress who is from Berkshire, England. And she was in uh, an episode of Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. She was in uh, the 2018 production of Hamlet. Uh, she was in Harlots, uh, <laughs> Brave New World, Castlevania, and the TV series Misfits for a couple of episodes. But everyone knows her as Lady Sybil Crawley. I went with Jessica Brown Findlay oh, yeah. from Downton Abbey. Nice. nice. So you mentioned the show Harlots. Michelle's a fan of that show. But... Uh, Every so often, she misspeaks the title as whores. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's right. true. Quit picking on me. It's okay. All right. So, Michelle, oh. who is your Madame de Torvel? Well, I'm going to have to go with the new um, choice. So I'm going to change Emma Watson to Emma Roberts. Ah, okay. All like right. the Black Coat's daughter type of Emma Roberts? Um, well, you know, like Julia's niece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric's daughter. I hear and, you. Yeah. I think she could do a, a very good, yeah. Good job. All right, my pick for Torvel is uh, 34 now, and she was in Les Miserables, she was in Lovelace, she was in Mean Girls, and she was in Mamma Mia. I believe her name is pronounced Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she's got a little bit of a Michelle Pfeiffer thing going on. Oh, yeah. Next, we've got Uma Thurman's character, Cecile de Volange, and she was only 18 at the time. Um, who did you pick for this, Chelsea? Um, I picked somebody purely based on what she looked like, because I've never seen any of her movies, mm-hmm. but I went with Lily Rose Depp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, I thought awesome. she looked. No, she's good. Yeah. Johnny Depp's daughter. Yes. Yep. Very cool. Uh, the best part of yoga hosers. <laughs> Sean? Um, I much prefer Feruza Balk's portrayal oh, yeah. oh, in absolutely. to Uma Thurman's. Mostly because she was younger and the character is 15 years old. And it makes the scenes with her and Valmont even more uncomfortable. Yeah, I think Ferusha was only 16 when <clears throat> yeah. she did her. So with that in mind, sure. I, I went with a uh, 15-year-old actress who is considered to be an up-and-coming okay. actress that everyone needs to watch. She was in just a few things. Uh, I mean, I can name them out for you in case you've seen them. She was in Genius, Patrick Melrose, and The Little Stranger. But she just recently had a release with The Secret Garden with Colin Valmont Firth. Uh uh-uh. uh. Her name is Dixie Egerix. Okay. Cool. I don't know the name, but up and coming. I like that. That's cool. And she was in a Colin Firth movie. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Michelle? Uh, I'm 18 years old for my age of aiming, and I picked Elle Fanning. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right on. I'm a fan. Ing. My. <laughs> The Punisher. <laughs> My pick for the uh, Cecile role is 18 now as well. She was in Tomorrowland, Vox Lux, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, 
and the other lamb, which we talked about recently. Her name is Rafi Cassidy. Rafi Cassidy. And she's not quite oh, okay. as buxom as Uma Thurman, but I don't think that the role actually requires big boobs. It does not. No. Next up, we've got... Uh, now, this is this is Cecile's mother, correct? Right. Yes. Susie Kurtz playing uh, Madame Volange. The clueless she, mother. She was 44 at the time. Chelsea, what were you thinking about for this one? So, after watching Velmont, I, I didn't like this role. I thought she was too aloof mm-hmm. like it she, she just looked dumb okay. and the other mom was naive but was still like present and paying attention she was just naive gotcha um so i kind of i wanted my actress to portray that more than just dumb and so i went with emily mortimer oh she's great right emily mortimer uh also on american gods right right? right and Emily Mortimer, also on uh, Lars and the Real Girl. Oh, that's her, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. All right, Sean, you're up. Okay, so I wanted to go with an actress again. Uh, let's see, British. Oh, not British. I'm sorry. She. This one's uh, Dutch, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, very much so. Um, she's 44 years old. She has been in films such as Repo Men, not mm-hmm. Repo Man. Yeah. Uh, Valkyrie. Uh, she was in Black Book. But everyone would know her as the uh, the Red Witch Melisandre. Oh yeah, from Game of Thrones. Her name is Carice Van Houten. Yeah, 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 for sure, dude. Um, <laughs> I like it. Michelle, who is your pick for Madame de Volange? Well, for Madame de, Bo- I can't say it. Can I say it? <laughs> Can I say it? It'll be alright. Madame de Valange. I picked Kate Wilson, 44. Kate Wilson. Kate Wilson. What do we know her from? Titanic. Kate Kate, Kate Winslet. Kate Okay. I was like, (laughs) is she a Beach Boy daughter? I can't read my own writing because I wrote Tiny. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, my actress is also 44 now, and she's going to be reunited with her husband in this film. She was in Wedding Crashers, The Beach Bum, The Great Gatsby, and Now You See Me, her name is Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher? Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. Wife of Sasha Baron Cohen. We've got one more. And it is the role originally portrayed by Keanu Reeves, Le Chevalier Raphael Donsigny. And uh, I teach the harp. <laughs> and Keanu Reeves was just 24. And what did you think, Chelsea, about this role? Um... I have never recast this person, but you guys have multiple okay. times. Yeah, it's yeah. a podcast favorite. Yes. Thomas Holland. Thomas Holland. <laughs> Very good. I actually thought about him. Yeah. I chopped. No, I shopped him. I shopped him. Shop um, him. I much preferred Henry Thomas's performance okay. in Belmont of this particular character. He was more engaged for one thing I, I don't think that Keanu Reeves really knew what was happening around him <laughs> well also Keanu Reeves didn't carry a sword yeah um, <clears throat> so I went with a 21 year old actor who kind of embodies some of those same qualities uh, he was in Closed Circuit The Awakening The Box Trolls he is the three eyed raven I went with Isaac Hampstead Wright oh yeah also nice. from Game of Thrones well yeah he's the three eyed raven didn't you? It wasn't somebody else. Melisandre. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I gotcha. All right. So Michelle, how do you feel about this one? I went with um Finn Wolfhand. Nope. I said it wrong. Finn Wolfhard. Ah, see, I can't even read my from, writing. From Stranger Things. I like Wolfhand myself. Wolfhand is I, an amazing name. I think I'm but gonna use that. He one. should probably legally change it. Oh, very sorry. Apologize. Apologies, Finn. Anyway. <laughs> he's a big fan of the show. Don't worry. Yeah, he's listening right now. <laughs> This isn't even out yet. Uh, my pick for uh, the Keanu Reeves character, I didn't write down an age, but I think he's right about there in the mid-20s. He was in The Road. He was in Slow West. He's in the 2011 version of Romeo and Juliet. And he's in The Young Ones. It's Cody Smith McPhee. Cody Smith McPhee. Was he the kid in The Road? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. All right. There aren't a whole lot of cast members in that no, movie. No, there's like three. <laughs> uh, so, 
final thoughts on Dangerous Liaisons. Worth watching if you haven't seen it. Definitely worth yeah. watching. I think you had John Malkovich early or early-ish in his career. Even though he still looked old. Uh, <laughs> but you get to see him oh. just having a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Michelle? I think it is definitely worth seeing. All right. Well, that will take us into intermission, but not before we say... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some drama. Or tampons. Why? Oh, it's not that kind of period? Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) All right, Chop Shoppers, thank you for bearing with us during intermission. This is your host, Travis, and I just have one question for you, Sean. What is one way we could make our podcast more prominent? Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us oh, yeah, subscribe. on iTunes. And, and, or, and, and pin your friends down and, and force them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like Make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people under them yeah. to do it. and multiply. A podsy scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show. Don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinema chop shop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at Cinema Chop Shop. We do a lot of stuff on there like our movie marathon where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. And now... On with the show. And we're back. Thank you, Chop Shoppers, for bearing with us during intermission. And when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Uh, Beer check-ins. And what do we have today? We're going with Bound by Time. Oh, perfect. Very on theme. It's from Edmunds Oast out of Charleston, South Carolina. It's their IPA. And we may have checked this in. I'm not sure. I think we have, but we'll check it in again because it's so perfect. Uh, They continue to impress... And that's, uh, you know, Charleston's a historic city. It is. So I'm sure there are a and few period movies set in Charleston. The Even the name of the brewery slash restaurant, Edmunds Oast, is a historical reference. Correct. All right. Well, while we enjoy that, we're going to get into the 2020 movie marathon. And this is where we try to watch as many new-to-us movies as we can throughout the calendar year. Uh, This year being 366, because it is a leap year. Damn you, 2020. And uh, as of this recording, it is the 248th day of the year. What number are you on, Sean? 314. I'm on 303, I'm on 248. And Michelle doesn't participate in this bullshit. But she does get to watch a lot of new-to-her movies because of me. (laughs) I'm forced to. (laughs) Under under duress. All right, so, uh, Chelsea, what do you want to go with first? Uh, I watched a documentary called Class Action Park. Tell me what this is. Uh, About Action Park in... New, what's the name of the town? Uh, it's in New Jersey. It, uh, Green it, Valley or something. Theme park? Yeah. Yeah, it's more like a water park, mm. but it is the most dangerous thing I've ever seen in my oh, life. Wow. This guy just had a lot of big ideas and didn't test anything. He was like, that sounds cool. Just do it. And so they ended up having a water slide that had a loop-de-loop mm-hmm. and it, it didn't go so well. Where do I sign up? It's closed now. There were... Five deaths. Fucking COVID. Listen, no. It was closed a long time ago. There were five deaths and so many injuries that the town forced them to get their own ambulance. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this shit was crazy. Was it called the action ambulance? <laughs> I hope so. 
<laughs> it's Sean, what do you got? It's worth checking out. It's okay. pretty cool. Um, my first check-in will be uh, from 1946. It's The Stranger. And this, stars... this is where you sit on your hand yes. until it goes numb? Precisely. Okay. Uh, this stars Edward G. Robinson and Orson Welles. Orson Welles directed this film. A man working for the War Crimes Commission suspects the mastermind behind the entire Nazi Holocaust is living in a Connecticut town. Oh, damn. Um, it's a it's a very moody kind of noir-ish yeah. kind of flick. What year did you say? Uh, 46. 46, and Edward G. Robinson. It's got a great climactic ending. It's it's well worth watching just to see the final scene. It's really cool. Fantastic. All right, well, my first check-in is going to be Bill and Ted face the music. <laughs> uh, this is the third installment in the Bill and Ted series, the long-awaited third installment. Uh, not as excellent as their first adventure, but not as bogus as their second journey. <laughs> uh, the daughters are the best part in the movie. Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan's daughters mm-hmm. are great. Uh, one of which is played by Samara Weaving. Yes, nice. Also, Chris- Kristen Shaw is rufus's daughter (laughs) and i totally i think it was on air i totally called that they would have a hologram george carlin oh yeah and they do nice what's next for you chelsea is that it uh no i watched the binge oh i did too i saw all right so you talk about it and i'll tag team with you um so basically it's kind of a, a play on the purge yes where once a year they can drink all the booze and do all the drugs yes and these kids in high school that are getting ready to graduate they're kind of nerds they want to do something epic yes and they sign up for what is called the gauntlet the gauntlet the tasks are daunting yeah i would be dead so i'm gonna go ahead and read my review of that same movie uh this will be my second chicken for this week it was number 300 the binge from 2020 In this comedic send-up of The Purge, three less-than-popular teens vow to make it to the most exclusive party on the only night of the year where partying is legal. Uh, The Tony Montana impressions? (laughs) I almost shit myself. (laughs) Yeah. Sean, what's next for you? I'm going to check in 2020's film Starlight. Okay. Um, This is a teen's life is turned upside down when he helps a world famous pop star on the run to escape her violent pursuers. The movie skirts the line between like a Lovecraftian unknown horror film and just a plain old slasher flick. Interesting. And it doesn't, and it's not a good thing. It's like, it doesn't know what it wants to be. Any recognizable names? Yes. Uh, Scout Taylor Compton, Mm -hmm. who I've used as recast before. Uh, Garrett Weston is in it. Uh, very young cast. Uh, there's one guy who looks like he's 30, but he's really not 30. <laughs> but these are all he's teens. really 95. He, no, no, no. He's like 21, maybe. But uh, typical teens battling an unknown horror kind of flick with a very sleazy-looking villainess, villainous kind of dude in the background. Um, not great. My next check-in, my last check-in for this week is going to be Phineas and Ferb the movie, Candace Against the Universe from 2020. (laughs) Uh, This is a movie that I felt comfortable watching at work because it's pretty wholesome. There are some adult jokes that go over the heads of kids that enjoy this show. There's a lot of that in the TV show as well. Gotcha. Uh, I think I was out of the age range to be a PNF devotee. Uh, So I didn't really have a frame of reference. That being said, I thought it was quite funny and enjoyable. It's no Gravity Falls, but (laughs) they've got something going on there. All right. You got one more? I do. I have one more. This one's got a story. This was uh, Max Reload and the Nether Blasters. This is a (laughs) 2020 release that's narrated by Will Wheaton. uh, Appearance by Kevin Smith. As well as the fat dude from Heroes. The Nether Blaster is what I call my penis. Nice. Very oh my good. God. Uh, some nerds find a rare video game for their ColecoVision that is somehow tied to this ever spanning battle of good versus evil. And it's, Are you trying to say Calico? No, ColecoVision. Hmm. And it's just flat out bad. I said no amount of nerd nostalgia could ever make this enjoyable. And that got me my first Twitter troll. 
Oh, tell us. This is from user ColecoVision Lives. <laughs> Calico. He says, don't quit your day job and sent a screen capture of this film's 82% Rotten Tomatoes rating. This assumes that we somehow get money for doing this podcast. Well, it's funny. Yeah, I like that. That was really funny in and of itself. But also, in this day and age of uh, coronavirus, yeah. you can't really take anything that Rotten Tomatoes says with the grain of... Because uh, no kind theaters of, are open. Yeah, because nobody's open, so none of, nobody's getting screeners. This is why uh, AV Club is not reviewing The New Mutants. They were not given a screener. They're not going to go out into a movie theater because it's dangerous. One of the one of the uh, movie websites that I like to follow, Birth Movies Death, yeah. hasn't posted anything since June. Right. So this film has 12 reviews. And I'm sure these people are really nice people. Very but, small sample size. But most of the reviewers sound like they're operating a blog out of their parents' basement. Mm-hmm. And every single one of the fresh ratings comes with a caveat if you're a nerd if you are a retro gaming enthusiast mm-hmm. you might like this movie so, if you live in your mom's so basement. you know uh coleco vision lives at me anytime you want to i'm glad to have you as my first troll mm-hmm. uh, flame war <laughs> <laughs> all right so i check my movies in on the cinema chop shop handle on twitter sean yours are on a windowless van and chelsea chelsea joe 86 86 all right, so hey, it's time. What do we think about the beer? I like it. I yeah, yeah, I've had it before. Bad. I think it's, it's a very, very refreshing. I don't remember it being this good. Um, I like it. It's Maybe a, this canning is fresher, possibly. Uh, possibly. It's a very nice, hazy Also, IPA. the weather is more humid. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's very refreshing. All right, let's get into the second part of our feature segment. This is The Recast Continued. Part two. The Recast Continued. No. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> the second coming. Redux. All right. And so the movie that we are going to do that to is Interview with a Vampire from 1994. It's got a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by Neil Jordan and written by, of course, Anne Rice. Born as an 18th century lord, Louis, played by Brad Pitt, is now a bicentennial vampire. Telling his story to an eager biographer, played by Christian Slater, Suicidal after the death of his family, he meets Lestat, played by, is it Lestat or Lestat? Lestat. Lestat, played by Tom Cruise, a vampire who persuades him to choose immortality over death and become his companion. Eventually, gentle Louis resolves to leave his violent maker, but Lestat guilts him into staying by turning a young girl, played by Kirsten Dunst, whose addition to the family breeds even more conflict. Um, thoughts on this film? Michelle, this was one of your picks. You want to... I enjoyed the film. I thought it was very, very ambitious. But in general, nothing can do justice to the actual written books. Fair oh, enough. Book oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we. I think Michelle and I are in close enough within age of one another. The, the Vampire Chronicles books were so just rampantly popular in the late eighties that uh, this film had to be made. Unfortunately it was made in 94 and it has some earmarks of the, of when it was made the but, time period. Yeah. But, uh, but at the same time, it, as you said, it doesn't do the book justice. It does have some flickers of, of greatness. And that key being uh, Kirsten Dunst's performance in that role. Yes. At age 12, just, Blew my socks off. And Killing did, it. Yeah, did, and I watched it recently uh, this past week, and, and again, I was just blown away by her performance. Chelsea? I love the book. Um, the movie I got mad at because so much... Was different? And left out, gotcha. and it, it just didn't track now, This is the me. nature of a lot of uh, film adaptations of beloved oh, of novels. Course. Like, for example, The Dark Tower. Is a glaring, oh God! They'll never get it example. right. No, it really. Some books should be miniseries, and oh, some absolutely. of them are only made in miniseries for a reason. The because... Dark Tower should have been a miniseries. Yeah. All right. So, with that, we're going to go through the cast. First, we've got Lestat de Lancourt, played by Tom Cruise, who was 32 at the time. Then we've got Louis Dupont Duloc, played by Brad Pitt, who was 31. We've got. Daniel Malloy, that's an easy one, 
Daniel Malloy, <laughs> played by Christian Slater, who is 25. We've got Claudia, played by Kirsten Dunst, who was 12 years old. We've got Armand, played by Antonio Banderas, who was 34 at the time. And our hearts and minds go out to Antonio Banderas as he recovers from COVID-19. And also we've got Santiago, played by Stephen Ray. And in the interest of time, let's go ahead and get into recasting. Chelsea, who's uh, your Lestat? So... I've had a crazy week, and I did not get to my Oh, picks. that's right. You told me. You told me. All right. But in the interest of time, that's even better. Going over to you, Sean. Okay. Um, so I went with an actor who is naturally blonde. Mm-hmm. I think that's important in the casting of this role. Do the curtains match the drapes? Uh, I hope they do. Uh, so this actor is, has a just a fantastic career arc in terms of the roles that he's played and how he's grown as an actor. Uh, he's 33 years old. He was in uh, Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. He was in X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men Dark Phoenix, and American Horror Story. And I love his new headshot on IMDb. And with Evan Peters. Oh, yeah. It looks like he's dressing for the part. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, Michelle, who did you have in mind for the role of Lestat? I went with... 31-year-old Dan Stevens. Oh, uh, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens would be great. Dan yeah, he's, a, he's a favorite of this show. And, well, I mean, he's an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. He actually looks pretty decent, sandy blonde. Yep. And I think he could, I mean, he's definitely shown his acting chops already. For sure. I like it. I buy that a lot, 100%. All right. I hate to follow that, but my actor is also 31 now. He was in Twilight Breaking Dawn which is a vampire movie. Yes. He was in The Mortal Instruments. He was in Sweeney Todd. And he's also in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. His name is Jamie Campbell Bower. Jamie Campbell Bower. I see you're going for a little bit of face value on that. A little bit. Yeah. Also, he's the son of Jack Bower from 24. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we've got Louis... Played by Brad Pitt, who was 31. Sean, who was your pick for this? Um, I wanted an actor who kind of has that brooding look that goes along with the uh, the, the, the demeanor of, mm-hmm. of Louis, you know, in the early parts of the film with his dissatisfaction of, of his damnation, as he calls it. So this actor was in Hail Caesar, Beautiful Creatures, mm-hmm. Stoker, as well as Solo, A Star Wars Story. I went with Alden Ehrenreich. Yes. Oh, I can't stand him. Really? There is something about him that just Didn't, rubs wasn't me he solo? Yeah, he was, was Han Solo. Yeah. I know. I don't mm. like him. Oh, come on. Yeah, I thought he was your pretty gears good. in a bad way. Yeah. You know what really grinds my gears? You, America. <laughs> All right. Uh, Michelle, who is your pick for the role of Louis? So I totally agree with what Sean was saying about he needs to be able to be like depressed and sad mm-hmm. and brooding and sad puppy dog eyes. I went with um, Cole Sprouse, who's oh, yeah. oh, okay. I know him mostly from Riverdale. Yeah, but um, he's also a Disney kid. He is a Disney kid, but in Disney movie or show, which I never watched, but uh, he was blonde. But in Riverdale, he's dark headed. He can go either way, and he's good at his character from Riverdale is very brooding and dark because yeah. he's a journalist trying to uncover drama all the time. Drama! Nice job. Uh, my pick is 30 now. He was in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. He was in Get Out. He was in The Florida Project and The Dead Don't Die. His name is Caleb Landry Jones. Caleb Landry Jones. Is oh, wow. <laughs> he looks like a vampire in that shot. The Brad Pitt character. Oh, totally. Next, we've got the role of the journalist, played by Christian Slater, Daniel Malloy, and Sean? Eh, you know, you could pretty much throw anybody into this part. Uh-huh. Um, but I went with an actor who is 25 years old, and he is from uh, Maine. He was in Kill the Irishman, Teen Wolf, The Starving Games, <laughs> Surrogates, as well as All Americans. Oh, he's also in Pretty Little Liars. Ironically, his last name is Christian. His name is Cody Christian. All right. He's from Maine because he's going to get bit in the Maine vein. There you go. Good job. Michelle, your pick. 
I went, and I'm trying to read this tiny <laughs> handwriting. I went with um, Asa Butterfield. Oh, nice. As, Once um, again, another favorite of the show. As a Daniel Malloy um, interviewer um, yeah. or biographer. All right, my pick is 44 now. I aged him up because I don't think the age is really important to the role in this in this hypothetical scenario, the journalist can be whatever age. He's in Westworld. He's in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's on a or in a movie called Perpetual Grace Limited and a TV show called Unsolved. It's Jimmy Simpson. Oh, Jimmy wow. Simpson. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Next up, we've got Kirsten Dunst playing Claudia. The actress was only 12 years old at the time. Sean, how are you feeling about this? Well, before I get into this, since Chelsea's not doing a recast, I'm going to tell you my story about Interview with the Vampire. Do it. So the year's 1994. That means I am a junior in college, hmm. and I am dating my lovely wife, Allie. Yes. Drink. And my friend, Damon Hawk, who lives in uh, Georgia now, we were going to go see the film. And naturally, we're running late because my wife Allie was with us mm-hmm. so in our effort to get to the movie theater we had to take a back road that took us from the university to the theater and we crossed some railroad tracks okay and i'm flooring it and i see that there is a train coming oh no and to this day i swear we were totally fine we were never in any danger but if you ask Allie, we almost died yes we were almost hit by a train in order to see this film well you uh it seems that it worked out okay. Yeah, it worked out fine. Yes. Okay. All right. Who's your pick? So my pick is um, an American actress, and she is uh, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And she was in The Snowman. She had a part in The Americans as young Paige. She was in Huntress, but most people might remember her from the 2019 version of Pet Cemetery in the role of Ellie. I went with Jeté Lawrence. Okay. Right on. Okay. Michelle? So, I went with a Russian model, and she's a budding actress. She'd been in a movie in 2019 called The Russian Bride. Um, her name is Christina Pimanor. Okay. Or Pimanova. Pimanova. But Christina she, Primanova. Yeah, and yeah. So, she um, she's really beautiful. I haven't seen the movie she's been in, but she's very young and very beautiful. She still looks like not a grown woman yet. Yeah, she just has a very beautiful doll face, yeah. My actress is 10 years old. She's in a new Disney film called The One and Only Ivan, I believe in a voice role. She was in a movie that you've seen, Sean, called The Turning. She's in Home Before Dark and The Florida Project. Her name is Brooklyn Prince. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Next, we've got the role originally portrayed by Antonio Menderes. Uh, he was 34 at the time, playing Armand. And Sean, who was your pick for Armand? I picked an actor from Vergara, Spain, mm. and he is also 34 years old. So he's not Mexican. He is not Mexican, no. Um, he was in uh, some films that you might have heard of. He was in Transgression, The Misfits Club, and Off Course. Um, he was in a um, Spanish series called Grand Hotel. Mm-hmm. American audiences might have seen him in uh, three seasons on Netflix on Cable Girls. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. But his name no. is Jan Gonzalez. All right. Jan. Not Juan, but Jan. Jan. Y-O-N. Jan right. Gonzalez. Michelle, who were you thinking about for this? For Armand, I went with uh, Dev Patel. All right. Um, he's around <laughs> the same age. He's yeah. got the mystique, and um, you know, I remember him first from Skins. Before, yes. You know, before he did Slumdog Millionaires. Yes. But yeah, I would totally think that he would do an excellent job. I can buy it for sure. Dev Patel is a great actor, and I am looking forward to the Green Knight. Yeah. It's gonna be great. My pick for Armand is twenty-three now. He's in Teen Wolf, On My Block. And The Morning War, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. His name is Diego Tinoco. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. And he's a Latinx actor. We got one more. That is the role of Santiago. And he's a higher up in, like, the vampire hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by Stephen Ray, who was 48 at the time. Sean, who was your pick for Santiago? 
I went with a 49-year-old actor, and this kind of has a bit of face value, but also Santiago has that scene where he's kind of like playing around with Louis when he first meets him, and he's kind yeah. of pranking him a little bit. So I wanted an actor who could do that convincingly. This actor was in Notting Hill, Run, Fat Boy Run, yes. Black Books, <laughs> and Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. I went with Dylan Moran. Oh, Dylan Moran's awesome. Nice. Very cool, dude. Yeah, I can totally see it. He's one of the overlooked cast members in Indeed, the very Edgar much so. Wright universe. Well, because he's kind of the punching bag in a lot of the, yeah. uh, the jokes. Michelle, who's your Santiago? I was just thinking about the dance scene, the famous mimicking, almost mimish, you know, scene. And I went with Daniel Tosh. I don't even know how old he is. Daniel Tosh? Too Tosh close. would be fun wow. in that role. Yeah, wow. I mean, because it's not like a heavy speaking role. And, Tosh point no. <laughs> and he acts like, I could see him doing the physical part, yeah. like very, very smart ass. That's cool. Interesting. Uh, all right, it's down to me. My pick for Santiago is 47 now. He was in Train Spotting. He was in Hackers. He was in The Flying Scotsman, Dracula 2000, and Frankenstein. He was also in Angelina Jolie. His name is Johnny Lee Miller. Oh, nicely done. Bad joke. <laughs> Johnny Lee Miller is going to be. Um, I think I made that joke last week. Yeah, but you stole it from me. So uh, uh, how? <laughs> uh, because I've done it like fifty-seven times. On I've done show. it fifty-eight. Oh wow! So are right, y'all so fighting final... over the same penis joke? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Just clarifying the situation. Final I am thoughts on interview to. with a vampire. <laughs> I'm gonna say soft recommend because my wife is here. I'm gonna say um, pass. Read was... the book. The books. Yeah, are I mean, definitely read the book, but I'll I'll agree. Soft recommend on the movie. Michelle. It's good to play in the background where you can listen to the story while, like, you know, you're cleaning it up and picking up the house or doing the dishes. But pay attention when Kirsten Dunst comes on because yeah, her spectacular. Yeah. She is by far the scene stealer of the movie. Absolutely. All right. So that brings us to our final bonus segment, which this week is going to be a battle royale between four actors who have played the same role in adaptations of Jane Eyre. Okay. Jane Eyre. And so the character is Edward Fairfax Rochester. He's the male lead in Jane Eyre. And we are talking about William Hurt versus Timothy Dalton versus Siren Hines versus Michael Fassbender. <gasps> Ooh. Okay, obviously I'm picking Michael Fassbender because I recast him. Okay. And it wasn't correct. And I'm sorry, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Well, if you're going to say that, I'll go with Timothy Dalton. You son of a bitch. You know, Timothy Dalton can endure a spike through his jaw. Yes. <laughs> I got to dig Michael Fassbender the best. All right. Totally. <clears throat> I'm going William Hurt because he's going to hurt all those other motherfuckers. going <laughs> to break some hearts. So, we got to wrap it up. I want to thank the Chop Shop regulator, Chelsea. Ooh, ooh. Thanks for having me. Anything you want to plug? Trivia. Right answers with wrong Travis. Wrong Travis. Uh, my lovely wife, Michelle, drank. Thank you for being here and uh, bearing with us during this exercise in tedium. And anything you want to plug? Yes, please support your small town businesses. Everyone go out and buy local. Sean, my co-host, co-producer, the engineer... What do you got? Um, well, we will still have the Oktoberfest coming up October 10th at Seminar Brewing. That's SeminarBrewing.com. Including a homebrew competition. Anybody who wants to enter, please enter for... Free to enter, four 12-ounce samples by the 9th. The 9th, correcto. All right, and sir, do you know what next week's episode is? We're doing New York City movies. Uh, why is that? Uh, well, we've got 9-11 coming up. Never forget. But also... Uh, I saw a great uh, documentary interview with uh, the Safdie brothers on Criterion where they just named off, bam, 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 all the movies that they think epitomize New York City. And so the ones that we're recasting, were they on the list? I'm pretty sure they were. Nice. All right, so I do have a sneak preview question and answer for this upcoming week's trivia. Uh, this will be week 12, the final installment in 
season six? I don't know. What New York City borough is the setting for Spike Lee's iconic 1989 film, Do the Right Thing? Chelsea? I've never seen this movie. You know about boroughs of New York, though, right? You know that there's so it's divided like into sections. Queens. Sean? I would say that Spike, I would say Brooklyn. Michelle? I believe it's Brooklyn as well. Where Brooklyn at? Nice. It's definitely Brooklyn. And if anybody's not seen that movie, <clears throat> Chelsea. Okay. Uh, go ahead and watch that because it is it. more pertinent now than ever before. We should have recast that film and set it in modern day gentrified Brooklyn. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Williamsburg. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, so we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. Uh, we are online. It's Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. We're at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. And our Facebook is Cinema Chop Shop. Our email is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. And the beer that we checked in today, we will do that on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there as well. Finally, farewell. Thank you to you, the listeners, and please remember to watch, chop, retrofit, and tip your butler. Your butler. <laughs>